the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. My name is Julian Gibb, and today you are listening to myself and uh, Robert Moffitt, better known as Bob, uh, president and founder of the Harvest Foundation. You are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. So a warm welcome to all of you, wherever you are, whether you're listening on the radio or on the computer. So, Bob, well, hello. Good morning, or <laughs> whatever time it is for those who are listening. So this is unusual because uh, Bob carries out uh, or finally crafts, I should say, two interviews each uh, month, and I do two myself, but the two of us don't meet in these interviews, and yet today you have uh, the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. It depends on whose perspective that is. <laughs> you have, uh, Bob, let, let me introduce Bob, who you, uh, you should already know, but uh, Bob is um, Californian-born, and uh, but has spent his life uh, as a missionary, traveling around the world, uh, teaching uh, how people are called to be Jesus's hands and feet. We'll come more into that in a second. Uh, Bob started, uh, or rather God started through Bob, the uh, Harvest Foundation 40 years ago, whose objective is to uh, equip, to train, and to uh, guide church leaders so that their churches may serve as the hands and feet of Jesus. Even more impressive, he married up, to uh, Judy. Uh, <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> uh, has uh, wonderful children and a brand new health dog. So uh, I think I think that's about it. Is it not, Bob? That's the whole. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as you know, listening to this program, here we speak with um, people uh, who are church attenders, uh, church leaders business leaders, people in the arts, uh, anyone who professes Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior and ask them, how are you serving as the hands and feet of Jesus? Well, well, not specifically, although I'm sure that will come out going to go into Bob's uh, own life and actions. Uh, but today we're going to talk about actually what happens at the Harvest Foundation. Uh, is this a shameless plug for the organization that I work for? Yes, <laughs> but, but there's also a reason, uh, because the reason for our organization is how are we, how can we train people to serve at the hands and feet of Jesus? And so, Bob, tell me, first of all, um, how, how did the Harvest Foundation start? What, 
What what was it that impelled you to start an organization which sought to equip and to train uh, the church? Well, I was working with a, another uh, international relief and development organization, and I I felt that um, that there needed well in this. Let me put it this way: in this organization, um, the uh, the organization was in charge of the resources that churches and individuals sent in order to do relief and development around the world. And I I had a just sort of a, a, a sense that it would be better if instead of this international organization being in charge of how that happened, if it empowered local churches to be directly involved in that relief and development. And so and I felt that it was important to start an organization that would have that as its objective, to empower churches that wanted to help be Jesus' hands and feet, around the world, if in, instead of the organization uh, being in charge of that um, and directing it, if there could be a group that would empower local churches in the places where the relief and development was being done to be the, to be the actual instrumentality for, um, for delivering relief and development. And so we'd founded that um, uh, as the Harvest Foundation, which was really an already existing foundation that the the owner and donor of that foundation, the creator of it, said, why don't you take the foundation that I've started and use that as the 501c3 to fulfill your vision? And we did. So, so the empowering rather than um, an organization permanently coming into a location around the world and providing relief for those people, as great as that is, keep doing it, don't stop. Um, it's about going in to equip and train the people who are there so that with the Holy Spirit working through them, they can identify the problems that exist and find solutions for them themselves. Yes, yes. And, uh, but more than that, uh, more, it, was, it was really kind of the idea ran counter to the idea that resources for relief and development should come from the outside. Hmm. Yes, good. Um, but... It, I felt, felt it would be more powerful, uh, a, a more powerful witness of the gospel if the churches who were, who were coordinating that gave their own resources rather than just using resources from the outside world. And so one of the key foundations of Harvest uh, was to challenge those local churches to sacrificially give what they already had to do the relief and development work. 
So it wasn't only to equip them to minister in their own communities, but it was to encourage them to see what God would do as they sacrificially gave of the much smaller resource base than was coming from the outside. Hmm. And what um, I, I kind of, I, I know the answers to these questions. So I feel like I'm a bit, a bit of a, bit of a fake here, but, but I'll live with that. Um, you know, it, uh, when I remember I first came to harvest, it was, you know, so Bob, let me get this straight. You're asking people who are on subsistence living, people who are, uh, you know, uh, aren't necessarily starving, but have food uncertainty. And you're asking them to fund the projects in their community. Exactly. I mean, that's not going to work. What would you say to that? Well, I would say it does work. (laughs) And there's plenty of theological basis for that. Because um, in Isaiah, we, we read that God takes our weakness and he turns it into strength. It's a miraculous intervention of God to multiply the resources that we have, even though they're very small, and we feel they may not be enough for us to actually support ourselves in terms of our own needs. But it's an act of God's supernatural intervention in, uh, to our obedience to give what we have. Another example would be, uh, and there are many biblical examples, but the widow and her two mites. Uh, the, 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 the widow gave everything she had. And God used that as an example to you and me and Christians for 2,000 years that would inspire us to do more than we've done. And so the multiplication of her two tiny coins has been phenomenal over 2000 years. I mean, you know, I was, I think it was yesterday you and I were discussing with um, some others and I was uh, being taught how one brother in Africa went to training and uh, he said, well, how can I love my neighbor, my literary next door neighbor? And uh, he found out that his neighbor didn't have a, um, a mat to sleep on and so uh he cut his mat in two and gave half to his next door neighbor and i remember it just really striking me you know because i mean i mean what did he did he build a, a fully advanced hospital for his neighbor no did he you know do no no but he gave what he had and he resolved yeah. he resolved uh a problem you know both guys are now getting a a a good night's sleep and you know it's like well you know big deal it's just a mat it's hardly going to change the world but Actually, it is, you know, it's kind of like if if all people, uh, including me, who profess to be Christians do love their neighbor and their neighbor's asking, like, why why on earth are you doing this? Now you've only got half a mat, you know, so um, that, those are the ways, you know, yes, big, bold activities uh, are fantastic uh, and things we should be aiming for, but also just the everyday consistent drops of love. That sort of all, all yeah. Well, I think that that actually that these small drops of love have more impact uh, in the recipient community 
then much larger material mm. gifts could could have when they come from the outside. Mm. And my favorite example of that is a group, a, a minority group of Indians um, in a rural village. I tried to listen to God about what could they do because they were oppressed. Um, they were poorer than the rest of the community. Mm. But they discovered that there were a number of women in that community who only had one sari, uh, one dress. And um, in the hot Indian climate, when women work in the field uh, and the dress gets soaked with sweat every day, mm. and it's the, the, the dress, the sari needs to be washed. And while it's washed, what do the women have to wear if they only have one? So this church, you know, uh, decided to find women in their church who had more than one dress, more than one sari. And the pastor challenged them to give those saris, those dresses to Indian neighbors of another faith in sacrificial love and say, I have three. Would you take my third one? Mm. Now you can have two. And that expression of love had an incredible impact uh, for the testimony of God's love in that community. Because also the, 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 the transformation as well, you know, that, that takes place there with those two people as well. There's that, that, that bonding, that like the, you know, there isn't the instant spontaneous conversion, you know, to Christianity. No, yes, but exactly. there's that, there, there is that head scratching of like, you know, you're, you're giving out of your poverty. Why, why, you know? And so um, just wonderful examples. I know I'm not going to say the uh, names of the countries because they're, they're, they're not too uh, friendly to the, the Christian faith, but there's the examples I've heard of as well, you know, in, um, I almost said it, <laughs> in, uh, you know, one country where um, they got, the training took place and they got together to, um, uh, there's the Build, build a Well, uh, I think it was with our sister organization, build, build a Well, but they got the whole uh, community together to do it. And through the community coming together, rather than say someone coming along, digging a well, boom, there you go. It actually bonded the whole community together. Um, yeah. You know, they, 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 it wasn't sort of just like this person, that person. They came together and then they started doing other projects together afterwards on their own initiative. And so there was this real, not only uh, uh, material improvement, in this case water, uh, but also a community improvement, plus the fact that they no longer had to walk, you know, 45 minutes to get water, all that time right. was saved. So just that so, sort of uh, transformation, uh, really the, the material is, is, is a wonderful blessing, uh, but also it is, in a sense, uh, a gift not given to manipulate, i.e., you know, I'll, I'll give you this if, you know, so I don't yeah, know, exactly. there you go, it's yours. Um uh, but just to see the uh, the societal, the, the the internal transformations that take place. Right. I, I think 
that it's really important, you know, as Christians for us to ask why, why, why will you do this? Hmm. And, um, and I was thinking about that this morning. Okay. What is, what is our primary goal as Christians? You know, what's the big goal? I mean, why do we do what we do? And I think the theological answer is that we do it to glorify God. Hmm. It's not, it's not conversion. It's not evangelism. Our goal, our primary goal biblically is to honor God, is to glorify God. And the way we glorify God is to honor him. And the way we honor him is to obey him. The way we worship God primarily is to live the way that he asks us to live. And in doing that, we honor him. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, when we make our goal evangelism or church planning or something else, it, it, our methodology can sometimes lead us into manipulation. Mm, explain that a bit more. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, I'll give you this if. We'll dig the well if. Um, I'll give you half of my mat if. But just loving our neighbor is an, is an obedience to the Lord's command. And when we do that, when we do, when we, when we obey, we honor him. We worship him by doing what he said for us to do. And so, we can do that without manipulation. We, if, if honoring God is simply or basically, not simply, but basically loving our neighbor, hmm. we can do that without any other agenda. Hmm. <clears throat> our agenda is not conversion. Do we want people to come to know Christ? Absolutely. With a passion. But, but if we understand that our primary calling is to worship our God by doing what he asks us to do. We can do that without any sense of another agenda. You're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb, and today we're blessed to have uh, my boss, <laughs> uh, Bob Moffitt, president and founder of the Harvest Foundation. And so uh, if you've just tuned in, uh, where have you been? Uh, we have been uh, talking about... Um, our purpose as followers of Jesus Christ, of being the hands and feet of Jesus within our community. And uh, Bob was just saying how our role as children of God, as uh, servants of Christ, is to love and serve others without manipulation, meaning without a kickback, without sort of, I'll do this if you do that, I'll scratch my back if you scratch yours. Yeah, without an agenda. Without an agenda, as a word, other than honoring the Lord, and so, and so, Bob, you know, th 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 this is a noble task. It sounds good. Uh, you know, when I wake up in the morning, once I've had my coffee, you know, I'm ready to take on the world. But 
um, the day wears on and it's kind of like, I'd love to do this, but I, I don't feel I have the power. I mean, how, how are we as Christians? Here's the question. How are we as Christians meant to do this? You know, uh, uh, I mean, one of the assumptions is that the, the human condition in and of itself isn't perfect. You know, that, um, we have the, uh, the, the, the survival gene within us, which another word could be the selfish gene. You know, if, if Julian gives two of his cloaks, you know, and one of mine rips, what am I going to do? You know, it's, it's me first. I need to survive, you know, and I need to survive physically, but also psychologically. You know, if, if I go without, I get depressed. If I get depressed, I get unhappy, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. This goes against my survival, Julian's selfish uh, gene to, uh, if, if I've got like uh, a million, then I'll give one to my neighbor. But, you know, if I've only got two, so how what what is it that overrides but we'll just we'll just use julian as example so i don't offend the whole population but um how 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 do we overcome the julian selfish gene to a point uh, as a church where we are seeking to 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 genuinely serve what's the power that enables us to do this uh, i i think that's a really good question and uh, but it's a very important question. Um, personally, it comes from my relationship with Jesus. I mean, to do it just as a obedience to some esoteric command that I find in the Bible, it's in my relationship with Jesus mm. that is means more to me than anything else because of what he's done for me mm. and and I love him and that love doesn't always perfectly express itself but when I sit back and I think and I meditate and I realize that Jesus is God, the sovereign God of the universe. And he not only created me, he loves me. And I've experienced that love. And because of my, his relationship with me, rather than my relationship with him, because of his love for me, I want to honor him. And when I do, he supernaturally changes that selfish gene. And so the power doesn't come from me. It comes from God, who is incarnate in me. Now, how did I discover that? Well, you know, the, it, number one, it's personal experience. But number two, and this is not in an order, it's the supernatural revelation of who God is in the scripture. Hmm. And so, so I know by reading the word of God and, and believing that the word of God is God's word, his revelation to us of who he is. Mm -hmm. And then coupled with the experience of knowing him and his knowing me and his changing my heart, that's where, the power is. Hmm. 
it's not in uh, sort of um, you know trying to build that you know awareness or something like that in me. Uh, it's it's not a self effort thing. It's a supernatural intervention of God into my spirit, and it's His spirit, His power working through me to do what he asked me to do few <laughs> you know because it, it, it is just that isn't it? it it is the uh obedience you know and the relationship with christ uh him working the lord the holy spirit working through us which transforms us which changes us from going oh i suppose i should do this you know exactly. to, to right. a desire to actually do it you know and so you know it's the god of love the god of reconciliation one who who doesn't want his children to be like oh you know all right but uh one that are being transformed ever increasingly uh sometimes faulting falteringly but ever increasingly seeking to grow closer to him which enables us to overcome the selfish gene and to become more like christ in the process so well bob you know we, we've just scratched the surface here you know which which is good um but uh whoever you are wherever you are around the world remember that it is christ operating through you you come with your empty hand and he gives you the ability to do his will to love your neighbor to transform your community and the world around you wherever you are whoever you are go in peace jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me next monday at 5 30 p.m on faith talk 1360 we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.